<clears throat> I think this is going to be the stuff right at the beginning. <laughs> this is gold right here. Oh, man. It's just going to hook them. It's just going to keep them in there. <laughs> We're going to monetize the f*** out of this thing. You never It's the Doom to Fail podcast. I am everybody's best friend, Tim Dobbs, and with me, joining me through the internet, is the world's most avid collector of precious gems, Catherine Coker. Nice to be here. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> joining me inside the actor's studio, Catherine Coger. What is your favorite word? <laughs> God, I hate those questions. <laughs> hey, let's let's try to stay on script. It's already this is the first episode of the Doom to Fail podcast, and we have already ruined it. But if you stay with us, oh god, we can make it up to you. Oh god, we're so sorry. <sighs> it's okay. Oh, okay, I gotta come here for you, Tim. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the way we run the Doom to Fail podcast is to defray the chances that we do in fact fail. We're struggling against fate. Every we, day. Every day. You know, it's you know, we're regular old Sisyphi. Does that work? Nope. Plural of Sisyphus. Okay. <laughs> um, we're gonna run a different mini series. So each week you will get a different topic, and we will repeat approximately once monthly. So let's just say you're interested in topic A. Please listen on the first week of every month. So Catherine. Hey Tim. Hey, what, what's, uh, do you have any idea what we're going to talk about this week? Yeah, so today we're talking about ancient robots. Crunching, cracking, creeping to life, ancient robots. What are ancient robots? So first of all, we have ancient, so like a freaking long time ago, like several hundred years, I'm thinking maybe a thousand or so at least. It's um, a gray area. Yeah, and by robots I mean any sort of automata, which sort of does stuff on its own, but we made it, but now it's over there doing stuff. We have a weird relationship with it. Creepy guy in the corner. But it's a thing. Yay. <laughs> okay. So, so, today... so that's, let, let's recap that into a nice little package. Basically, we're going to talk about any kind of moving thing that doesn't need human intervention to move, and it has to be more than... 500 years old? Let's not box ourselves in too much. At, at the most, 500 years ago. It, yeah, or, as 1500 as the is the, the latest you'll be seeing things. From, yes. Yeah, on this show. Mm -hmm. Okay. At, at least in respect to ancient robots. What sort of ancient robot did you want to discuss today? So I was thinking we could talk about um, a robot that I love, the Colossi of Memnon. First of all, I want to point out, Colossi, plural for Colossus. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Good. There's that. Good. Okay. All right. Now, let's get a... I, I, I want to get a picture in my head of this thing. Right. 
So, oh, these things, because there's two of them. <laughs> there's two of them. Two yeah. of them. They are colossies. What What can I tell you about them? Well, um, so, well, okay, let's just jump to the first step. What, what, what year are we talking about here? I like to have be grounded in an era. We're talking somewhere in 14th century BC, so that's 3,400 years ago. Quite a ways ago. Yeah, like a really long time. Yeah, like a super really long time. Yeah. Actually, this is probably as far back as we're going to go. We include this section for scale. <laughs> so, to give you an idea about how long ago that is, it's so long ago! <laughs> oh, man. And then it turns into your mom joke or something. Uh, but yeah, and it's in Thebes, Egypt. <laughs> the worst. The worst. Thebes, Egypt? Okay, in Thebes, Egypt. But, I think it okay, so... offended the people of Thebes. I think Thebes is a wonderful place. Uh, oh, oh, words in my mouth. Oh. Like, where did you find these words that you put in my mouth? They're dusty and gross. <laughs> and then you cut the podcast to make me sound like a Nazi. But, you know, <laughs> friendship. <laughs> so, but the problem I'm having with this is that we're talking about robots and we, we disguise, or we, we define them pretty loosely, but I'm having trouble picturing something that's so long ago. Being, I mean, you know, where are the gears and the steam and stuff? That's... Right, where is the steam? Well, it's it's kind of an interesting story. So every every day at dawn, the Colossi of Memnon would, like, emit a yell. Or not a yell. A yell. Like a moan. I don't know. It was described in, in a whole plethora of ways. Um, the first person who actually saw, or I guess you didn't see this, you heard it, um, was Strabo, who was a Greek historian and geographer, just sort of... He traveled a lot, and he said it sounded like a blow. A blow. And we're acknowledging the Kesha song, and whatever. So, but he wasn't the only one then. Other people described this. Yeah, yeah. I, the weird thing is, is that it has so many different conflicting descriptions. I mean, it sounds like Kesha, uh, Posenias thought it sounded like a like a lyre string which is not at all like Kesha um Tacitus thought it was more like the sound of a human voice which supported a lot of the mythology around it um it was also described as like the striking of brass or whistling or that's about it <laughs> actually else? yeah that's about it I got way too involved in my text <laughs> And, you know, sometimes it sounded like Lady Gaga. <laughs> it sounded like a plethora of future pop stars. <laughs> you know, through the ages even. You know, a little David Bowie, a little uh, little Boy George, a bit of Buddy Holly. You know, it was kind of like, it was, it was like the first iPod shuffle, really. Obviously, it was a lot bigger because, you know, it was older. But other than that, right. essentially an iPod shuffle. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Is it okay if we talk about the mythology behind this? Because I think it's really I, cool. I would love to. Okay, cool. So, I mean, the funny thing is, is that Memnon, not an Egyptian name at all. The people who saw this, all the people I just listed who said, oh, it sounded like this, it sounded like this, they were all Greek or Roman. And so they have all their Greek and Roman literature, and they see this, and they see it moaning in the morning, and they think it's Memnon. Memnon is... A Trojan war hero. He's the son of Eos, I think it's pronounced, who's the Titan of Dawn. And 
Tythonus, who's just really some bard. So, like, he was half-god, or half-titan. Oh, okay, so he, he was definitely a fictional character. Yeah, I mean, that's why he was really important at all in the... I mean, okay, so the story goes he was almost the equivalent of Achilles. He's, like, half-god, Achilles still beats him in battle, and he's like, oh, wow, Achilles' super awesome. So, really, he's just sort of like a foil for Achilles. Wait, 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 so what? why did they name the statue after this guy? Because he's greeting his mother. He's saying, hey, mom, hey. Oh, yeah, the, the tightness of the dawn, that makes sense. Hey! Let's uh let's let's put a pin in this and it's the Doom to Fail podcast. Back in a moment. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. I am Tim Dobbs, and with me is Captain Kogart. Nice to be here again. Of course. Now, I have a question. Yes, Tim. We've been talking about these Colossi of Memnon, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we got these these sort of big statues out there in the desert, right? Sure, sure. Uh, in front of this big temple, and it's all very ancient. Like 50 feet tall. They're giant and ancient and all sandy and stuff. Yeah, well, what the heck is making these things robots? Well, here's the crazy thing. So there's a there's this big uh, earthquake in 27 BC. So right before Jesus comes along. Oh, so they'd already been up for like 1,400 years. Yeah, for a really, really long time. Not making any noises, keeping to themselves, you know. just Being statues. Yeah, being statues. And then there's this big earthquake. And so the, after that earthquake, this northern one starts complaining every morning. The theory behind this is that after this earthquake, there was this giant crack in the base of the statue. So what happens is that every night it gets really, really cold in the desert and then really, really hot in the morning. So every night, cold air, which is going to be much smaller in volume than warm air because of the ideal gas law, PV equals NRT. Maybe we remember that from high school, maybe. So we have cold air trapped in there, and then as the temperature rises, when dawn comes, we have an expansion that happens. And so it's kind of like when you're letting out air out of a balloon, but there's only like a little tiny space left, and then you get that really annoying squeaking sound. Um, but instead of, like, that really high-pitched sound, because this is a way, way bigger balloon and, like, a way, way bigger hole that it's, the air is coming out of, um, you get, like, a lower-pitched version of that. Right. It's, it's a big balloon. Well, I wonder mm-hmm. what that might sound like. Well, it kind of sounds something like... Well, okay, so that's interesting. So now now all of a sudden this thing is just, like, moaning. All the time. And, uh, every single morning. Um, so this historian Straybo comes along, like, maybe just 
a few years after that, sometime in the same century, but it has to be after the earthquake. And he hears it, and at first he thinks it's like priests, like with gongs behind the statue trying to get publicity. Um, <laughs> he's a total publicity. Sister. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like if they get rich Greek people to give money to their temple, so much the better, the better, right? Right. So they're doing sort of a Wizard of Oz thing. He thinks it's sort of a exactly you know, pay no attention to the monks behind the statue. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The first Wizard of Oz gig. Um, yeah, yeah. Strabo was just trying to just get home, and you know, he had <laughs> some kind of dog, right? And exactly, it was probably like a cheetah or something. He was with a Tin Man, who we probably should be covering that for this, because that's that's way more impressive. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, <laughs> Colossi of Memnon. Um, but this theory like starts to get ruled out pretty quickly, because what happens is that the sound hearing it becomes like a sign of super good fortune. Mm-hmm. So emperors will make this big trip to Egypt, and they'll go to the statue every single morning, and they'll be like, Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? And they won't hear anything. And if these monks are going to be trying to impress someone, it's going to be these rich emperors, right? It's a good point. So it's probably a natural thing. Um, I, I would think that it would be sort of an emperor's new clothes situation, where they go, Of course I hear it. Why wouldn't I hear it? <laughs> I'm sure there was some of that going on. Um, a little bit. However, one person didn't really participate in this em- new emperor's new clothes sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the sort of little boy, if we're going to, you know, keep the parable alive here. Yes. He was a very rich little boy who was also an emperor um, called Septimus Severus. Oh, that's a great name. Isn't that great? Oh, I, was, man. I was like Harry Potter away. I was really excited. <laughs> um, but anyway, he visits at the end of the second century A.D., and he doesn't hear the sound, and he's really bummed out. He's like, no, I really want to hear it. And so he I wants... I want to hear it now! <laughs> so what he wants to do is um, please the statue, because it's had a rough time. I mean, it's been through an earthquake. There's all sorts of graffiti on it from all these Romans and Greeks who come to visit it and wrote, write Adi Memnon. Or, is that what it is? It's um. Yeah, car driving Memnon. No, 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 no. It's a real thing. Um, Aud- Audi Memnomen. Memnonem. Memnonem? Menomenem. <laughs> it's some crazy Latin thing. Anyway, it translates to I heard Memnon. Or... Yeah, sort of the, you know, Severus was here of years past. Exactly. Exactly. Septimus Severus was here. <laughs> yeah. And so he wants to do something like this too, except he wants to do it in a way that will please the statue. So he wants to reconstruct the statue. He's like, we're going to add on to it, make it as good as it was the day it was built. And so what this does is it actually screws up the weight balance in such a way that it never speaks again. So he's like, what do I do? (laughs) This guy, this guy just has the worst luck. I know. And he's such a great name. I mean, I thought I had bad luck with singing statues. (laughs) Nothing against Septimus Severus. But yeah, that's that's the end of the cry of Memnon. All right, well that's that sounds pretty cool. That's uh, I mean, so what do you think? You think that's probably the first ancient robot? I'm, I mean, I don't want to say it's the first because there's always something before that, and you can just stretch the definition more and more and more. I mean, it's it's really an accidental robot, right? Yeah. Because nobody meant for it to do that. Well, then, that sort of raises the question. I mean, that's a robot that got 
that got built without anyone trying isn't this like we're getting into terminator territory or something you know it's <laughs> right. as soon as they can they can be you know life can be given to them without us making that happen good keep going yeah thank you thank you <laughs> i'm really tired right now so <laughs> um then yeah i mean i mean that was hundreds of thousands of how many a lot of thousands of years ago. years ago that's so many years so man many. Uh, I mean, by now, you know, just just following the theory that technology doubles every, what, like six years or something like that? I mean, for all we know, they're making statues that can sing arias. <laughs> uh, something like that. Oh, that was a long way to go for almost nothing. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I think that we're not really getting into Terminator territory in the sense that if they sing to us isn't that pleasant i mean depends what ahead. they're singing is it kesha it better be no, apparently no. it was it starts with kesha <laughs> it ends with <laughs> p diddy uh, uh. and then later you're in the park and sun rises and i just brush my teeth with a bottle of jack oh <laughs> no they're happening statue thank you <laughs> the worst the absolute Best. worst no, no, I'm not Love having this. Love Kesha. She is the voice of our generation. Hey, apropos of that, it's the Doom to Fail podcast, and we'll be right back. weird <clears throat> hey it's doomed to fail hey hey so we like to set aside a little bit of time each and every show to uh you know sort of catch up have a little bit of chit chat or uh a segment we like to call tiny talk so Catherine, um yeah we, we could stand to do a little catching up um but not too much because <laughs> As is one i don't want to know about your life <laughs> but two oh <laughs> Falsehoods, falsehoods. Um, what I'm known for. But no, I was actually up in your neck of the woods pretty recently. You were, and I saw you, and it was great. Yeah, good times. Good oh times. man. But for for those who don't know, uh, Catherine lives in the great, beautiful Pacific Northwest, the uh, Emerald City, Seattle. Yes, with Oz, exactly. <laughs> She's, she's one of those little men who works the machines or something. I was actually just having a conversation with my friend recently, another engineer, who said, you know what, you would be an, a really great take on Dorothy. <laughs> ah. Oh, man, yeah, let's make that. Because <laughs> I do love dogs. Yeah, um, there you go. And not much else. <laughs> well, that was her defining feature, right? Hating everything except dogs? That was the movie it was about. <laughs> Just a really horrible girl from Seattle, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the other thing that I saw when I was up there beside you and uh, right. my wonderful family who was visiting and uh, some of my other good friends. They are great. There, were, there was a lot of things there, mm -hmm. but there, there's one thing that sticks out in my mind that I just cannot let go of. What's that, Tim? What the... I'm going to censor myself. What the frig? <laughs> uh, why are there... 
Well, let me let me jump back a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you in suspense. I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, I was driving in um, right near Bremerton, Washington, which okay. is right across the bay from right. the Emerald City of Seattle. <laughs> right. It's the sort of uh, woods with the mean trees. Uh, if we're gonna try to keep the Wizard of Oz <laughs> metaphor going. Right, right. It's and so not too far off from the Wicked Witch's Tower, I think. Really, you're, you're pretty mad at Bremerton. Wow. All right. Um, but uh, I'm driving with with my buddy James uh, on the highway. And we go past just a couple of strange-looking little, I don't know, shacks, for want of a better word. Sure, sure. And what and, did those shacks? Yeah. Um, they had sort of strange signage. I, I honestly don't remember what it was, but something tipped me off. Something was wrong. <laughs> and I said, hey, what are those? And he goes, oh, it's a titty coffee place. And I said, what? <laughs> there are along, there are three right in a row. Right near Bremerton, Washington, there are three little drive through coffee places where the baristas are topless. Ah! You know, what I had heard, and I don't know if we can really confirm this because you did not go to these titty bars, which I think you should be really disappointed in, is that... I, I was. I, I absolutely heard... would have gone, but you know what? For once in my life, I have to not bring a child to, to a titty coffee shop. <laughs> Just for once. Every single time. Yeah. Every time I babysat, we just always end up there. Don't tell uh, my parents. True story, though. One time when I babysat, I spoiled the whole Santa secret thing. Anyway, back to topic. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I think I heard that they they just if you tip them a lot, then they flash you. That's their oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm not down with that. That's I mean I, that's extortion. I I'm not saying that's any better. I'm just concerned that you have misinformation. Hmm, yeah, hmm, that's, alright. Well, that's troubling, because, you know what, I, it doesn't make any sense, it has broken my head that a sort of topless coffee bar exists, but now that I've had a week to sit with it, it just seems wrong to have just a you-can-get-flashed coffee shop, because, I mean, how much do you have to tip? Kind of a lot, I guess. <laughs> also, I do it, why, well... Why in the world do I want to go get coffee from a topless lady to begin with? Well, but secondly... I don't think you should discriminate against topless women. Is that... Okay, I didn't what realize that was protected. between a woman and a woman with her top off? There shouldn't um, really be any. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I like your philosophy and would like to subscribe to your newsletter. That's <laughs> There are there are naughty pictures in that newsletter, right? Oh, I have misspoken again. I feel like I just make an egregious misspeaking every time we bring this up. <laughs> well, good. I think I think we just about closed that topic. I would like to hear any listener comments about this because what? <laughs> uh, but are they outside of Seattle? That's my question. And yeah, I, I want to know that too because I have never seen this before, and I am a world traveler, and so. What? 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 No titty, no titty coffee bars in Greece. None of those. No. Uh. Nope. Lot of, lot of donor kebab. Um. Lot of graffiti. Just, just the one Parthenon, but that is more than I've seen elsewhere. <laughs> no. No topless lady bars. Parthenon, Greece. Topless coffee bar. Bremerton. <laughs> you tell me which is the wonder of the world. 
And if you want to tell us uh, which is the wonder of the world, go ahead and send us an email at doomed to fail podcast, spelled exactly like you would think, and that's at gmail.com. And that about brings us to the end of our our willingness to talk about the titty coffee places. And more or less to the close of this very podcast. Thanks, guys. Oh, goodness. Hey, next time, before we go too fast, uh, next time we're going to be kicking off our series on unique instruments with, and Catherine and I both agree on this, the greatest theme song ever. (laughs) So look for that, and we'll be talking about uh, specifically digital instruments. Digital instruments? Digital instruments, I say. (laughs) Uh, Basically, any any kind of old thing that, you know, your digital sounds, those are going to sound about the same. We got a little computer machine making those, but hey, how are you going to tell it what you want? And we've come up with, uh, well, we didn't do it. Some really, really smart people came up with it, because I cannot for the life of me understand it. But it's really cool. Yeah, they came up with all different kinds of ways of interacting with this stuff. You know, you're going to be wiggling your toes and, you know, doing the the dance from big, you know, on the keyboard. You actually, Um, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have anything witty to say. But yeah, no, it should be great. (laughs) That sounds... No, that's the end. That's it. (laughs) Let's leave on that note. Hey, everybody. Great, great hearing from you. And uh, I'm sure you meant to say that to us. And we'll talk to you next time on the... Doom to Fail podcast. Tim Dobbs. And Catherine Coker. Bye! Bye! Bye!